Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the disk dump in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. That'll help me a little bit. Warning. The following podcast contains lots of nerdy talk. There is a point where I lose one of my guests through Zoom. And that leads to us finding out Yashi's true identity. Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast, the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today I'm joined by some old friends. It is Yashi and Avram Friedman. How you guys doing? Hey, doing well. How are you? Not too bad. What's up, Av? Doing very well. Doing very well. Overpowering the podcast with Judaism over here. <laughs> a two to one ratio sorry buddy it's all good i they say i descend from jewish people so i mean you know as far as that goes i don't know <laughs> but today is the jewish disc dump podcast yeah <laughs> you into that i mean <laughs> shalom. I'm, shalom yes perfect <laughs> so Join us at the end we'll talk about our bar mitzvahs there we go <laughs> that's something to look forward to um so today we are going to be talking about golden axe and streets of rage but first a brief history let's start uh let's start with uh actually even before golden axe let's let's talk about where they came from fatal final fight final fight not fatal fury before that Um, well before uh, that uh double dragon double around that time so i so you got Sega, right? You got Nintendo, obviously, going at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sega was real big on the arcades. That's where they made their money. Whereas Nintendo, obviously, was rocking it with their Nintendo system. Sega was trying to get into that market with the Master System. It just was not happening. So what they often did was take their arcade ports and move them over to the Genesis or Master System. So first, we have... Very popular genre at the time, beat-em-ups, which came in two brands. One was the single-file beat-em-up, a la Altered Beast, which I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about because it's a trash fire. Yes. And <laughs> two was the the Double Dragons, the Turtles, you know, River City Ransom, all of those where you had more free-flow movement around the screen. This is mid-80s, right? Late 80s, yeah. Mid, mid to late 80s, yep. So I think... Uh, Altered Beast was... Uh, Golden 80. Axe was 89. Yeah, yes. Golden Axe was 89, Altered Beast was 88. Um, so Altered Beast was the first one was the first one to come over from uh, the arcade to the Genesis, and it was super popular because even though it played like trash, it was new then and was, you know, leading the industry. 
and um, played just like the arcade. So that's what was so exciting about it. Now, did you play that game, Miles? Oh yeah, I have it actually right over there, and I I wish I didn't. It like there <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of situations where I end up with like multi packs of like the, a bunch of games on one cartridge and shit, and Altered Beast is on all of them. So <laughs> I have several copies of Altered Beast and like one through three, like I have them all. <laughs> okay, am I good. crazy? Am I crazy? Or did Roma's Pizza in Dallas Town at one point have an arcade ROM of Altered Beast? Oh, I feel like Pac-Man. when I was a small child that I played Altered Beast in that pizzeria, but it may have been any pizzeria and my childhood brain is just associating it with the one across the street. I consider all Altered Beast cabinets child abuse. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they had Street Fighter at one point. I don't remember, and I know they had Miss Pac-Man, but I don't remember Altered Beast, but it could have been there. I didn't go to Roma's too, too often. Hmm. There was a period where they had more. They had a couple cabinets, and then yeah, they went down to the Miss Pac-Man. I think was you're right, the last one. Mm-hmm. But but anyways, Altered Beast is yeah, it's a dumpster fire, but it's important. Like yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's, yeah, they put it because it was the pack-in with the Genesis for a long time. Like this is our big thing. You're, yeah. you're gonna love it. And then you <laughs> play it, and there's like five levels of terror. It's awful. You get to a boss that you just have no no like you'll beat it right, but you're gonna lose a bunch of lives because it's awfully designed. You just get hit left and right. You can't control it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was like a there was like a kickboxing game that was like that, too. Right. Where it was just you had to go left, right, left, right. There was no real actual strategy except just kick, kick, kick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. That's okay. all you do. Yeah, that's, that's all you this do. Was, this is you know, around the time when the video game industry crashed because of E.T. and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what the heck that game's called. I know what you're talking about, though. I think it was E.T. just called kickboxers. or something. Than any other item on the planet, it is known. Really? Somewhere there are two hundred thousand ET cartridges. This is hyperbole, but somewhere there is a giant actual dump of landfill full of Atari ET cartridges. Yeah, <laughs> I almost want to play it just because, like, how bad could it really be? You know, <laughs> but it, it's pretty bad. But if if you would actually like, read the manual and understand what's going on, like you can get through it. Mm. Did you but play it? Just playing it. Point yes, I played it. Playing it point blank though, not the way to do no. it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, actually, really, that is the way to play it. With a couple drinks, <laughs> then you yeah, no manual. Just dive in. Then when you get to the point where you're drunk enough for reading to be difficult, it's probably when you pick up the manual and start going at it. Yeah. <laughs> so and back to it. Uh, so. Beat 'em ups became a really big thing. Like we said, uh, turtles, double dragon. Uh, River City Ransom, Renegade, uh, Ninja Warriors was in the arcade at that point. Um, Final Fight, you brought up, Yash. Came yes. out. And that was a big one uh, for the Nintendo side of things. And it, it, coming to uh, Nintendo systems was a pretty huge deal, um, especially since the first one had two-player. Um, no, it did not. Oh, I'm the sorry, I'm sorry. Did it did not for the Nintendo. It did in the arcade. The arcade I'm sorry. The yeah, the arcade, arcade version did. had two-player and the first one did not and was yeah. like a big like what the fuck yes. moment for Nintendo. Like, why would you do this? Because Golden Axe did have two player yes, and that, that was yep. the ace in the hole for people who had Segas was like, oh, yeah, well, we, at least we can freaking play our game together. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So Sega has this big hit with with uh, Altered Beast, and we have Final Fight in the arcades. So Golden Axe comes out in 1989. Have either of you ever played the arcade cabinet? I played the third one on the arcade because they have it at Hershey Park, but I don't think I played the first or the second one. I did not. I've actually never played any of them except for the second, which we can talk about a little bit later because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So sadly, I've actually I've never seen one in the wild. I think all of us collectively are probably too young, and they probably phased out before we really got our hands on anything well, like that. So I actually I looked into like the history of Golden Axe a little bit for this. I you know did a little research, and I found out that in the arcade, what Sega actually did was they had the cartridges and they would have an eight pack cartridge in arcade ROMs so you could load eight games in at a time. So at the time it was super common, but what people would do is just plug in the cartridge and then eventually when nobody wanted to play Golden Axe, they would take it out and put in another cartridge. Um, So it's not that there were a ton of ROMs, it's just that when it came out, that was Sega's way of like making a ton of ROMs with a ton of games available to the public. Okay. Do you know? Do you know? Have any idea what they'd pack in with them? I have no idea. Any idea what the rotation would be? I'd just be interested. Because you'd be like trying to to play the Golden Axe cabinet, but it has like Miss Pac-Man on it. It'd be a little bit confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it was. It would be like all Sega games, right? Like it wouldn't be like. I was going to say a cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I also looked into uh, who created Golden Axe. And this man was obsessed with Lord of the Rings. Like he has been quoted as saying that Gandalf should be president. Like he wishes <laughs> that Gandalf could be president. And this is a Japanese. Movie. Yeah. Um, and really like based it off of a video of like the barbarian dude is based off of Conan. And uh, according to his coworkers, he had a copy of the VHS that was so like worn in that the image was like faded on the screen because he was just obsessively watching Conan the Barbarian. So I have this like image in my mind of this like LARPer who got the the, <laughs> the chance of a lifetime to finally <laughs> make the game that he wants to play. You know, you've got like the little dwarf, you've got Conan the Barbarian, and you've got the princess leia outfit amazon woman like <laughs> ready to go <laughs> this this was like this man's dream he'd been waiting for it forever and they actually it does sound like i i, I didn't see conan in that before that makes a lot of sense like with just for the naming of the char- characters and such tyrus flair sounds like a stripper yeah. <laughs> or like yeah ilias thunderhead is the is the the dwarf that's funny. So when you guys play this, what characters did you guys pick? Go ahead. Okay. I, I myself, I don't know why it's a weird thing about me. Since I was a little kid, I always picked the female characters. I don't know if in my 40s something's going to happen to me, and I'm just like not expecting to bubble over the surface. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did we lose him? Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Avram, can you hear me? Me neither. Is your first name Joseph? It is, yeah. All of these years, I've been trying to figure it out, and we finally have the answer. (laughs) Okay, so do you want me to address this? I can. Sure, if you want. Okay. 
I remember I used to like harass you and tell you, I think your name is Jesus since it's just J period. I want to know. But it really, so uh, let me get my license. Hold on. Uh, J. Joseph Friedman. But that's what it said. It says J. Joseph Friedman. So Joseph. why do we call you Yashi if your name is Joseph? It's a familial nickname. Gotcha. Just like what I went by as a child. Um, I am named after my grandfather, and it was his familial nickname, and now it is mine. <laughs> That's a crazy name to be like. Do you still go by Yashi, or do people call you Joseph out there? Uh, People call me Joe. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've never known you as Joe. This is wild. Yeah, most people don't know me in, like... It's they like very few people call me Yash. Um, when I was at school and even at work, they call me Joe. That's crazy. Okay, you're back with us. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, so you had just said that you picked the female characters because you don't know what's going to happen to you in your 40s. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to become a woman. And then literally cut out, just like. (laughs) (laughs) The government has to press those trans rights. My God. Especially on on podcast. Can't happen. Joe Rogan only. That's how we we let out the new wave of of, uh, acceptance. So um, I've always played female characters. So I I mostly played her, Tyrus, especially since she has. Uh, all the fire magic and such. Her her ultimate or whatever is is pulling out a freaking dragon, which I always thought was badass. It is. You got to get a lot of potions to make that happen, though. See, my playstyle in every game ever has always been horde. Yes. Yeah. Me too. It's terrible. It's actually it's a sickness because you can have a lot more fun using all your spells and all kinds of stuff throughout the game, and instead I'm like, nope, got to save it for that right moment, which just happens to be when the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat the Last of Us. Uh, last night I I rebeat it and I'm finally starting The Last of Us Part Two. You know, like six months after it came out or whatever. And uh, and I like got to the end. I have full ammo on everything, and I'm still sneaking around the enemies instead of being like a zombie killing badass. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Uh, we we learned to hoard very early on from uh from Golden Axe for sure. In fact. I remember Golden Axe is one of the first games that I can remember playing like vividly as a child. Um, I remember being with uh, our mom and buying a six pack cartridge, which I think you still have. And like Golden Axe was on it, as was Streets of Rage and Sonic the Hedgehog and Columns and I uh, uh, Super Hang On. And there was Revenge of Shinobi. There we go. Boom. Childhood. And you didn't have Altered Beast on there? No, that's the <laughs> one that wasn't there. Son of a bitch, why do I have so many copies of Altered Beast? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty awesome though. Uh, Yash, what, what kind of character do you play when you play? Uh, I've always played the dwarf. Me too. That was just the, the character that I was always like, yeah man, freaking swinging a giant axe, I'm in, that sounds dope. And then he gets the lightning magic that, like, just calls, I guess, I suppose, like, whatever Norse god, uh, uh, Odin, from the sky and freaking roasts everybody with lightning. Yes, please. Yeah, that's what I was just doing. I just 
made it all the way to the very last boss and I fucking died and I was like, fuck this game. And then you text me and you're like, um, are we going to do this or what? So, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, it was like right when I fucking died, I was like, fuck this shit. Anyway. So wait, I need to ask you about something because I missed this in a previous podcast. You have a Brazilian Sega. (laughs) Yes, I do. So apparently there in the 80s and early 90s, there was a dictator in Brazil. And uh, I don't know whether it was his choice or the rest of the planet were like, hey, he's no good. We're not going to trade with him. Or he was like Brazilian pride. We're not trading with anybody anymore. We're going to be self-sufficient. And I think it was a kind of a combination of the two. So what he did then was he said no more imports, no more exports. But they already had a fuckload of Sega Genesis. So they started making their own Sega Genesis games. But because they aren't in like the international market, they were able to do crazy shit. Like put Mario versus Sonic the Hedgehog on games and shit like that. And now... As the fallout of all of these weird rules that they put into place, they still haven't changed their legislature. So the most popular game system in Brazil right now is the Sega Genesis. Yep. So now I have, I just bought in the past like five years, I bought a brand new Sega Genesis, never opened, and it was made in Brazil. (laughs) So, and it, it came loaded with like 250 games, a lot of which came out in like 2005, 2006. And they are perhaps the worst video games I've ever played. They're among them for sure. Are there region issues with it? No, not at all. I, Yeah, I have like a bunch of cartridges. I throw them in there. It works like a charm. Like the Mega Drive in Europe, you can't necessarily play European games on an American or American on a European. So I was curious if, if Brazil was using region lock. Nope, not really. And then what's really good about this is I bought this Sega Genesis at Rite Aid. So like... It's it's definitely not the place you expect to find a Brazilian Sega Genesis, but that's where I got it. Wait, you bought it here? Yep, I bought it in the Rite Aid in Dallas Town. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> and it came loaded with all these crazy Brazilian games and shit, and like the sound doesn't like link sync up the whole time, so it's like weird off beats and like there's just long moments of silence and shit. Yeah, it's it's a fucking gem. But the Brazilians love it. They do. Yeah. They don't know any better. And guess what came okay, preloaded okay. on this thing? Altered Beast. What came? Uh, <laughs> and it's probably it's probably like Alex Kid Altered Beast, am I right? First two games. You nailed it right on the head. <laughs> Alex Kid is Boom. legitimately the first Sonic the Hedgehog, except with a different character on the screen. It's crazy. Everything about it is identical to the first Sonic the Hedgehog, except that it's just like a little Mario-looking dude. And it's awful. And it's awful. I don't. I don't. I've never gotten it in my life. I, I've tried to play it a whole bunch of times because I know the history of it, and I know like some people, you know, it's a soft spot in their heart. But I don't get it. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely not my thing. I don't I don't like games where they play with friction like that, like where you just slide uncontrollably. They kind of irritate me. So there's obviously a soft spot for Sonic, but like I can't play any of the old Mario games or anything. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Well, platformers are my bread and butter. I, I need to be able to play a game, like understand what they're trying to get me to do. Right. Like Sonic, like you can jump on people. I get that. Like I jump in the air. I look like I could attack something. I get it. Alex Kid just is so goofy. And like there's, there's cars and they drive up to you and I'm like, is 
I can't tell if you're an enemy and all of a sudden I'm getting launched because I got hit. I didn't know why. Yep. Strange game. Yeah, that, that sums up Alex Kidd right there for sure. <laughs> this is the good thing about Golden Axe. It's pretty damn straightforward. The land of Urea, which Urea is like what your urine is made of. Like, Yes. Great name. Great name, Makoto. <laughs> Gandalf for president in President of Urea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is under siege by Death Adder and the deadly Golden Axe. And it's up to these three dummies to get in there and liberate all of the urea all over the faces of the citizens. Um, <laughs> which, which, by the way, the storyline of every game is yeah. death at, or someone else has somehow stolen the golden axe from our team of geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> Those. The, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the actual gameplay. Those fucking skeletons are the worst. They have like the craziest skill set. There's just a lot of ways you just can't fucking hit them. Did you guys have as much trouble with them as I did? Uh, Golden Axe is known for hit detection problems. Yeah, it was fucking rough. Like doing the bull rush where you like run and jump and hit them saved me through every boss fight. Like that was the only way I could survive boss fights. This entire game is just about cheesing. It's about cheesing the enemy as much as you can. Like the the big giant dudes with the hammers that show up, I think in the end of I think they're like fighting one of them is the boss of the first level. I think yeah, um, it's just about like bull rushing or jumping and swinging or bull rush and then jump and swing. Like it's just the same thing over and over and over, and you just figure out how to cheese an enemy and then do it. There's so much like in this game that I could just hide around a corner and get an enemy stuck, wait until their AI made them not move anymore. And then just move in and slash them with a combo and do it over and over again. Um, yeah, this game, that's probably my biggest gripe with it is that it is all just about cheesing. Yeah. There's no fight in this game. That's like an easy fight. Like you can just get in the wrong rhythm and a regular dude will just fuck you up. So it, but God forbid you get one of those knights that freaking starts just slashing you. You're done. Yeah, they they fuck you up. The only way to beat them is just to run and jump and hit them. Like I had no problem with them because I wouldn't let them hit me. But the way I beat Death Adder, which was hard as a motherfucker, was I eventually just got him right with the tip of the axe. So I just stood in one place, but he was far enough that it wouldn't initiate a combo and send him flying. But he was close enough that he couldn't do anything about being hit. So I literally just hammered on the button and he just would do one swing at a time until the Death Adder died like a hundred hits later. It took so fucking long to kill that dude. Yeah, a lot of health. A lot of health. He's brutal. It's been a long time. He like slashes and like lightning shoots across the ground as well. Yeah, and but that's has- when you have to take advantage. Like that's his cheese moment. As soon as he hits the ground, you just run in and beat the shit out of him. But it takes forever. I think yeah. I legitimately spent as long as as long as it takes to get to him is probably as long as it takes to beat him. Yes, like his real. level is just as long as his boss fight. It's what five or six levels? I think it's considered eight stages. Okay. Yeah, because like the. The turtle level is usually what weeds out the weak and the strong. <laughs> trying to just get through that turtle level without falling down those tiny cracks that are like look not challenging, but they totally are. Just setting up your jumps. I've killed so many dragons doing that and just fuck every time. 
I found that that was like the death of me was when I was really concerned about getting on a mount. I just kind of used it as a lure for all the bad guys was just let them try and jump on it and hit them off as soon as they land on it. And that like nobody really wanted to hit me. They were all trying to get on it. So I just stood behind it and just fucked them up as they try and jump on all the mountains, the mounts rather. And uh, yeah, that that seems to be like kind of the move because I couldn't as soon as I'd get on it, they'd run and jump and knock my ass off. Sounds about right. But once you get a dragon, you you are good to go. Which one? One of the fire blast ones or one of the fireball ones? Uh, fire blast for sure. I mean, the fireball is like whatever you can hit them from far away, but the fire blast, just the AOE on it is so good. The hitbox is huge. Yeah. Like even if they run and jump at you, if you take one step back and you do that, they can't fucking touch you. You're skipping the most important one. Which one's that? The freaking cockatrice. The cockatrice. Yes. The tail. The little chicken. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty Played cute. Like shit, but I love it. It's so hard to hit people with that purple little chicken. <laughs> yeah, he's awful. Here's a couple more pixels. There you go. You gave a little bit more reach. The I like the little rogue gnome dudes that like have all the potions and food in their bags, and they don't like they're the worst thieves in history because they just run around in circles around you for a while before they decide to run away. The elves. My problem with them is that like. You have a little person in your party. And the first person that little person says when you wake up at that campfire is littler people than me. <laughs> Take advantage of this. Smack the shit out of all of them and steal their stuff. Basically. <laughs> like all those innocent people run by at that one point when you're getting into Turtle Village, which really creative name, Turtle Village. Yeah. Um, and as they're all running by, there is the part where the like elves follow up very shortly, and you let all the innocents run by. But that elf, that dude who's got like a sack, just homeless, trying to make it, beat the <laughs> shit out of him, steal his potions. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Maybe they're taking advantage of the spoils of war, right? They're raiding the town. They're they're taking advantage of everyone losing their homes and being attacked and all this kind of stuff. Did you guys like recently play the game and beat it by chance? Or did you just kind of get as far as you could and say, fuck it, this game is difficult as shit? So I got as far as I could. And then, so the version I had to play was on the PS4. I actually signed up for a week trial of PlayStation now because I didn't feel like hooking up my Genesis to my TV, primarily because I don't have wireless controllers. So I played the, the original arcade version on ps4 or whatever version is available on ps now i got to the end of the bird level and then got game over um and just you i used continues then to just beat it um because i didn't feel like starting all the way over and just get to the end however i do remember as a child getting to death adder and beating him and then because we didn't have the original arcade version they added two levels so one level was getting to, I don't remember what the dude's name is. The Deathbringer. Yeah, that's it. Deathbringer. And I remember we got to him maybe like twice as kids and nearly shit our pants each time. Yeah. Because Dude, it was so hard. What? Yeah, I, I made it to him. So I have it on the Xbox 360 also. So I've been playing it all week on my Sega Genesis and getting pissed off that I have to start over. So today I did it on my Xbox 360 and it, you can save it on that one. So every time I'd yeah. kill a person, I would save it just to be like, fuck this. I'm not doing all this over. <laughs> and I made it all the way up to Deathbringer. And I was one hit from being dead, like killing Death Adder took everything I fucking had. 
And then I got to that guy and I'm like, there's no fucking way. I did it like maybe three times. And I was like, nope. And it's always those fucking skeletons are the worst. Okay. This is what I was thinking about. When I thought of Death Adder, this is who comes to my mind. Because so I looked him up. This pink and green dude who it says is 667 pounds, interestingly enough. You didn't know what he looked like? Yeah, earlier when I was saying about how when, when he struck, it shoots out lightning and he has two skeletons. That's who I was. I was thinking of Deathbringer, not Death Adder. Yeah. Well, they both do the same thing, basically. Yeah, he was fucking tough. I, he made me very, very angry. But, um, so this looks like actually probably a pretty good point for us to take a little break for the podcast for people to hear some of my ads because I'm doing ads now. Fuck yeah. So I got some ads to do and then uh, we will be right back where we're going to talk about Streets of Rage and then maybe compare the two. We'll be right back. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the podcast where we talk about some old school video games. I want to say thank you to Yashi and Avram for doing this with me. It was a blast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the rest of this episode. I have a few people to thank and I want you guys to know how to get a hold of me. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, it's at the disc dump. I might get rid of the the someday, but Twitter is at the disc dump. On Instagram, disc dump podcast. Again, don't forget the PP. On Facebook, the disc dump podcast page is one way to get in there, or you can follow me in a group, the Disc Dump Podcast Fans. You can connect with most of my guests on there. You can propose questions, post memes. I post a lot of memes in there. So be sure to join that group. And last but not least, please rate, review, and subscribe. So I got a couple thank yous. First, I want to thank the Cassette Connection Podcast. That's a podcast where you can hear uh, the hosts talk to musicians and indie artists about their music. It's pretty cool. They were my 100th follower on Twitter. So I wanted to give them a real quick shout out. I also want to say thank you to Cole Hoopengarner, who uh, I connected with on Twitter, I think, first. And he's a cool dude. He does a podcast also. He has been chomping at the bit for this episode. I'm sorry it took so long, but here we are with the podcast. So I hope you like it, Cole. I also want to thank my D&D group, the Dice Dealers, Inc. We ended up being called. Nobody voted on it. I just decided that's what the group was called. Uh, so that would be Ed, Casey, John, Will, and Little Eddie. Um, thank you guys for a really fun campaign. We just wrapped it up. It was a great time. I hope to play with you guys again real soon. Let's start a new campaign. Uh, and of course I want to say good luck to Casey because she is moving away and I'm very sad. You guys might remember her from the Cabin in the Woods episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying it and, uh, let's get back to it. Yeah, I'm good. Actually, there's one other thing I wanted to say about Golden Axe. So I didn't know this, but it was actually Sega, in a genius move, decided not to license exclusively to the Mega Drive and the Sega Genesis. Instead, they ported it to everything that they possibly could. 
So there are versions of Gordonax for like the Atari systems and the Commodores and the Famicoms and like all these like old IBM PCs and stuff that have versions and variations of Goldenax one. So they can make as much money and get it in as many hands as possible. They did not give a shit about exclusivity at all. And I think that's really interesting considering that like, consoles today are now like what exclusives do you have yeah huh that's they interesting also, though did not care about quality no they, they did not like shit yes they most <laughs> of them did not play well at all yeah. most of them played incredibly terribly actually like un- almost unplayable on some of them but there were a few ports for older things and at that time being older that were very good yeah they're <laughs> It's a weird generation for video games, but like beat 'em ups are like my favorite ones to be honest. Have you guys ever played any of the newer ones like uh, Castle Crashers? Yes, I fucking love Castle Crashers. <laughs> um, um, have you played River City Girls? No, that sounds like a show you'd see on the CW though. <laughs> no, the Ransom was old Nintendo game that was a, that was a beat 'em up, and River City Girls is kind of like bringing it back. Excellent p- pixel art. Um, you, there's an upgrade system that you spend money you make by beating people up. Uh, you're, you're two, uh, waifus trying to save your boyfriends. Okay. Excellent. It, it kind of looks like Scott. Abram. Okay. That beat him up. That was on the Sega or is that a newer one? That's actually on the, uh, switch PS4, etc. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Like I, they're my favorite of the beat em ups. There is one called Charlie murder. Have you guys heard of that one? No. Charlie murder is you're a punk band that like, are you've made a deal with hell to have like superpowers. And then you're like trying to like save groupies or something like that. But you can get like guns and shit and you drink beer as potions. So different kinds of beer give you like different powers and shit. And then between each level, you have, like, a Guitar Hero segment where you're, like, the band playing music. And that game is legit one of the best beat-em-up games I have ever played. It's so fucking dope. Charlie Murder. Check that shit out. I'm also well, waiting uh, Mother Mother Russia Bleeds Red right now, which is, like, a super gory one. Yeah, Charlie Murder is pretty gory, too. But, hmm, okay. Mother Russia Bleeds Red. That sounds like fun. So, um, you guys want to talk about Streets of Rage a little bit? So, Golden Axe came out in 89. Streets of Rage was two years later in 91. Year I was born. This was the year before I was born. So, it's always, I'm always in its shadow. It'll always be older than me. <laughs> but it was actually, I didn't know this. It was made by the same people that made uh, Shinobi and Revenge of Shinobi. And I thought that was really interesting given how like differently it plays and looks right off the bat from Golden Axe. Still, when I think of this era, like 16-bit video games and what visually they kind of are to me, the opening cutscene of Streets of Rage is like burned into my mind. Yeah, I fucking loved this game when I was a kid, man. Me too. It looked really cool. I want to compare them, but I also feel like we should give this game its like just desserts. Like we should definitely talk about this game in general. I found it to be really smooth comparatively. Like as soon as you get hit, it's not like, okay, I'm getting beat up for a second. Like you can reverse people and shit, which I thought was cool. Picking up weapons, adding things like jumping over people. Um, or when you get thrown that you can like, if you press up and jump at the same time, 
that you can like land recover and still attack before you hit the ground. What a like insane thing to add at the time. I can see this being such a fun game to have gone to an arcade and played on a ROM. It would have been so much fun. Hell yeah. Two major things that really stick out to me is that in Golden Axe, the enemies just sort of, they just kind of like mumble around. Sometimes their movements don't even really make sense. It just seems like they're just like randomly posturing because their AI just isn't as good. Whereas in this game, their whole goal is to like catch you, like surround you, which then forces the the player to make choices since the uh, combat is so much more varied than the previous Golden Axe to get out of that situation. Like all the things you talked about, like the back attacks, the the rolls, the throws, uh, jumping over opponents. If you have two players, you have all kinds of extra options where you're grabbing your friend and you can throw them at the opponent. Um, throwing an opponent on the ground hurts other enemies. There's there's so much more freedom with how you can play. And the game kind of forces you to experiment with them. And it's just so much more of an intelligent way to go about what they were trying to do that they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only thing I don't like right off the bat about this game is like the screen nuke. I don't like the police car that can just roll in out of nowhere and just clear the entire screen of all enemies. Like I, 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 as a child, it was always like, well, I have this ace up my sleeve. As long as I have, you know, this button that I can push and this special thing, I'm fine. I feel like it's a very cheap shot. But you got to earn it, right? You, you, it's very limited. I mean, it's it's not a whole lot different from the magic in uh, Golden Axe, except that it like you get fewer of them. Yeah, but even a lot of the magic stuff in Golden Axe, like if you spam one of the low-level magics in Golden Axe, it doesn't just clear the screen. Um, and each player can have one of these screen wipes. And I think you get one per level. Uh, one per level or one per life. If you die, you get it like for each life. So, I mean, you still get it like, yeah, you, you might have to work to get it, but you still, okay, if I die, I have another screen wipe. And if I get frustrated, I'm just going to wipe the screen. Um, so, I don't the, know. There's, isn't that the only way to like break through the armor of some of the bosses, though, is like you have to do that before you can actually punch and do damage? I'm not sure. Not that I remember. No. Okay. I just suck then. That's probably what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this game is significantly harder than Golden Axe. And it's because of all the reasons that Av was saying, like the AI is significantly better and they have weapons that they, you know, like you can have multiple enemies on screen with freaking knives coming at you um, or someone with the lead pipe, which can we just like, what I, I want to point out the odd posture that whenever they get one of the lead pipes, they like walk around with their hands and elbows out at like these awkward angles. It makes me crack up so much. <laughs> I like the knife. The knife, they get so tense. Yes. <laughs> they, like, treat it like a horn off their dick. Like, they just hold it right at their <laughs> dick level, and they just run at you. <laughs> if you get two people screen that with knives, though, they can be royal assholes. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I found Streets of Rage to be actually a lot easier than Golden Axe, because I feel like the smoothness of it and the more abilities that you have 
makes it a lot more palatable. Like with golden axe, after you hit them for a while, you just start hitting them on the head with the handle of your weapon. Like it, this is not a good move to do against somebody you're fighting. But in in Streets of Rage, you're like a Power Ranger. Every time you jump, you do a backflip and shit. Like it's so much smoother. I don't know. I find uh, Streets of Rage one easier. Streets of Rage, and I don't know how much further you want to get into this, but so I might be breaking the rules here. But Streets of Rage two, I find a lot harder. Streets of Rage two is hard. It, it is. I, I can get Streets of Rage one and Golden Axe and Golden Axe two and all and Golden Axe three. I can beat those pretty, pretty, pretty well, pretty easy for the most part. Streets of Rage two, I don't know if I'm finishing that, that game when I start. Around uh, there's like a wrestler you fight. I think like three quarters of the way through, he just kicks my ass every single time. Yeah, two is definitely the hardest one of this franchise. I feel like three is the easiest one though, because you get to be that wrestler in the third one. You're just this big giant dude, and just everybody who comes near you, as soon as you hit them, they go flying. So the third one definitely is like too easy. He, he second one. Max is in the second one. He is. I thought it was the third one. No, he's he's in the second one with Skate, and then the third one has Dr. Zan and Skate. Oh, that's right. And the dude who's always on roller skates. Yeah. And you can also, actually, <laughs> we're getting a little bit in the weeds here, but in, in three, do you guys have a lot of experience with three? I know you can get a kangaroo. Yes, you can get Roo. You can yep. get Shia, who's one of the last bosses in two, and, and a boss in three. And you can also get um, a character named Ash. Do you guys know about Ash? Um, no. Is he on a quest to catch them all? No, he is not. He's he's trying to catch something else, actually. Um, Ash was taken out of the American version. He is a leather daddy. Who, when he attacks, he uh, he swats his hands in a very feminine way. And when he walks or runs, his knees like shoot out. Like his calves are, are flying up to the side. <laughs> Obviously, a, a gay man taken very seriously in this time <laughs> but when they shipped that game they took him out if you ever get the chance to play the japanese versions of these games like you'll find like the women are a lot more provocatively dressed uh ash is obviously in it there's the girls with the whips and such it's, it's, a, it's a lot different huh, i wonder if he's on the brazilian version i'm gonna have to check that out <laughs> yeah look it up look up ash right now you'll be shocked that that was in the game I mean, if I had the choice to play him, I would pick him every time. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I do like him a lot. It's a different time. Definitely a little insensitive. Like, okay, so comparing these two games is basically what the name of this podcast is. When you sit down and you're like, I want a retro game experience, which one of these two would you guys pick? I think my go-to as like a warm-up is Golden Axe, but I think the better game definitively is Streets of Rage. And we didn't even talk about the soundtrack for Streets of Rage because the soundtrack for Streets of Rage 1 and 2 are both really good. Yeah. Uh, which one would you play? Yeah, I was going to say, I think like definitively for me, Streets of Rage. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to just look at uh, Golden Axe 1 versus Streets of Rage 1. I kind of see them as a whole series and where they went. So for me, it has to be Streets of Rage because Streets of Rage 2 is just, it, it is the golden game of beat-em-ups for all time. I can't say I disagree. I would also probably go uh, Streets of Rage like almost every time. But let's talk about the soundtrack. Yeah, like you were saying, the 
the songs in Streets of Rage are so fucking good. There's only one like eight bit song that I think is better than the soundtrack of Streets of Rage, and that's um Guile's theme. I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song is the only 8-bit song that's like better, in my opinion. But the Streets of Rage soundtrack is fucking dope. There have been times in my life where I've been like, hey, I want to play some, some retro games before I have to get this work done. And I'll turn on Streets of Rage 2, and that theme song comes in, and the, the drums start when uh, Mr. X shows up in the background over the city. And I'm just like, okay, I don't need to play. I'll just I'll do my work, and I'll just listen to this. I just let that thing repeat and hit buttons whenever the game uh, demos come up. Because fant- it's uh, Yuzo Koshiro is, is the musician. He actually tours Streets of, of Rage 2 music, plays it live for people. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, he put out an album. He put out a uh, remastered album this year or last year. That's what I was listening to on YouTube Music yesterday. Wow, that's crazy. Lately, I've been doing that with uh, Road Rash is I'll just put on Road Rash, because some of those songs are fucking heavy metal on there, man. Very chunky song. I will start in on a uh, different topic. So I beat Golden Axe. What do you guys think of the ending cutscene? And what do you think of the story of Golden Axe versus the story of Streets of Rage? Because both are hot garbage. Yeah. It's hard to justify running through the city and just beating up every human being you see in a, a, a concise, clear story where there's good guys and bad guys. I feel like that's challenging to define because I'm thinking about the plot of Streets of Rage and all I can think about is it ends with you going up a tower where you fight two of each boss that you already fought. Like, that's not really a plot, though. So what is the plot of Streets of Rage? From my understanding... And Av, you might know a little better because I think you've probably played this game way more than I have. In Streets of Rage 1, there's a lot of drugs going on. So your three early 20s cops uh, going to stop the drug lord. And at the top, when you get to him the first time, you can he asks you if you basically like want to be a drug lord or whatever. And if you hit yes, then you go back to the beginning or to level six. Or something like that, and you like fight your all your way all the way to the end again, and then you become the drug lord. Whereas if you say no, then you just fight him regularly. And if you each say if one says yes and one says no, then you have to fight each other. That's and that's right. the story of Streets of Rage. I forgot all about that. Holy shit! Yeah, so that's a way more dynamic ending than Golden Axe. Which how does Golden Axe end? Because I didn't quite get to the very end. I lost against the last bad guy. You cut down the little people because they're hanging upside down over Death Adder and you cut them down and then they thank you and they score you. The end. Yeah, you beat Death Adder. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, the, I definitely think almost in every way Streets of Rage is a superior game. I don't think there's any denying that at all. Um, and not just because it's two years older, but just it plays so much better um and you can see like little hints of revenge of shinobi and stuff in it you can also like if you if you go through the golden axe games one two and three um the second game is pretty much the exact same um the third game they added a panther dude yeah chronos uh, it's pretty cool I, I do like him as a character then they added uh the 
uh, the barbarian type looking guy who I never really got. Um, but as far as the gameplay goes, like the big thing in that one was branching paths. You could kind of choose your adventure, but the world just looked like garbage in the third game. Like the, the sprites and the bat and the environments were just kind of washed out. Where if you look at, at the evolution of, of Streets of Rage, first one's more than competent. Second one is fantastic. Uh, they came out with uh, uh, Street Fighter in between there. And so they added the Street Fighter moves for your special moves, which actually, Yash has never played Streets of Rage 2, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. what we were talking about earlier, Yash, with, with the, the special moves, you don't like the screen clear, right? Streets yeah. of Rage 2 adds Street Fighter-type moves that are your special moves, and you can use them at any time, but you use a very small portion of, of life. So there's a trade-off there. You no longer have the screen cleaning moves, but you can use these specials to get people off you at a price. Oh, shit. And then Streets of Rage 3 is oftentimes deemed not as good as Streets of Rage 2, but it's it's a much more uh, technical game. And so it's 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 more popular in Japan than it was here. Um, and it was more the people that were hardcore into it that would probably enjoy that more. And again, that one also had the branching paths. Hmm. So seeing the evolution of the game as it's going through, Streets of Rage, every game, I think, improved on some level. Even if Streets of Rage 3 is not as good as Streets of Rage 2, it still had its improvements. It had a role to it, I believe, as well as far as of moves, moves go. Um, whereas all of the uh, the Golden Axe games just feel really samey to me. Yeah, but there's also, like, I'm a D&D nerd. I'm pretty sure at some point each of you guys was a D&D nerd too, right? so like golden axe definitely hits the scratch and itch if you're like i'm kind of tired of skyrim let me go back to the roots play adventure or something and then you end up on golden axe there is definitely like some fantasy especially the third one i really enjoyed the third golden axe game i played it up to the point where you're riding on the back of like a hawk or something and you're fighting things off of the back of the hawk and i was i'm always the panther dude in the third one which is fucking dope but Still, Streets of Rage is... I, I'd say Streets of Rage 1 is better than uh, Golden Axe 3. Like, I feel like none of them even come close to Streets of Rage quality. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Like, I don't think any of us are, are trashing on Golden Axe for not being as good as Streets of Rage, because it's not Altered Beast, right? Right. <laughs> it's still way, way more competent than that will ever be. It's just that Streets of Rage is just... Mwah. But Golden Axe had to happen in order for Streets of Rage to be able to happen. And I think that that is like the important distinction and you can't separate the two. It's like, it's just like how a double dragon had to happen in order for Golden Axe to happen. Or, or I always get, I always say fatal fight, but I know it's final fight in order for final fight to happen so that Golden Axe could happen. So that like, these are just evolutions on each other. Um, and I still have a good time playing Goldnax, but I would rather play Streets of Rage. Alrighty, so I want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity. This fun, bouncy EDM music brings us in and out of the ad spots and ends every episode. It might even be the intro of this episode just because it's kind of in the right genre of music. We'll see what I end up editing. So yes, that's the Fat Rat Unity. Find that on YouTube. If you want to email me, email me at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. 
on Instagram. It's Disc Dump Podcast with two Ps. Also, don't forget about them. They're important. On Instagram, you can see all the exclusive pictures. On Twitter, you can see who I'm networking with, all the other podcasts, and maybe even get to see some future guests on the show. Uh, on Facebook, there's the Disc Dump Podcast page. But more importantly, if you could join the Disc Dump Podcast fans group, you can start the discussion, participate in polls, see some exclusive stuff on there, and even talk to some of my guests. All righty, guys. Uh, what are we recommending to the audience? Uh, yeah, so I will recommend my favorite audiobook series. Um, they're available on Audible. They're insanely long, and the voice acting is incredible. It's the King Killer Chronicles, um, the Name of the Wind, and the Wise Man's Fear. They're both amazing, incredible. I think the first one's like twenty-seven hours. The second one is forty-six or forty-seven hours. They're awesome. Um, yeah, they're super long and entirely worth it. That's my recommendation. King Killer Chronicles. All right, and what do you got off? Okay, two things. One. Um, Streets of Rage 4 came out for Switch, uh, PlayStation, I believe Xbox as well. It was in the last couple months. Check that out. It's absolutely. You don't know about it? I didn't know anything about this. This is amazing. Oh, my friends. It is fantastic. It's everything you ever want. And it it is, in every single way, pays homage and tribute to everything you love. (laughs) It is great. Awesome. Um, You can actually get uh, physical copies as well looking on amazon checking out gamestop etc the other thing is uh checking out on your your local area if you're into the retro scene your retro game stores support them because it keeps the hobby alive for sure do you go to timeline much uh timeline i've been maybe 10 or so times i i go uh my retro game store of choice is uh vault video games which is the the store that's kind of tied to that okay gotcha yep in hanover and york Right on. I've been meaning to get in there, actually. I get ads for it every day, and I'm like, look how amazing this place looks. Awesome. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you for doing this with me. It's been fun. You're welcome. It was fun. Let's do it again. Yep. Anytime. For sure. Alrighty, audience. Have a good one. Until next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>